You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We saw several weeks ago the fullness, it's mentioned a few times, this fullness, and then there's, you're complete. In fact, he uses that word complete. You're, you're filled to the brim with Christ. You don't need a God. You don't need a statue. You don't need a genie. You don't need anything outside of Jesus Christ. In fact, and he says, because of this, verse 23, if ye continue in the faith, and the key word is grounded and settled, be not moved. Don't, don't be chasing these other things. Don't chase them. Don't chase money. Just, don't, don't chase retirement accounts. Don't, don't chase uh, the, the future. Oh, I'm so afraid of all that's going to happen with the economy. Don't chase these things. Amen. Some folks, uh, I, I, I saw on my phone, it popped up that, that the, the, the Super Bowl tickets are $9,917. Well, I can tell you where you can spend a better investment about $10,000 next Sunday. It's called I Love My Church. It's amazing what we chase in life. Some folks are just chasing things that that will draw you away from Christ. I've watched it for all these years. I've been in the ministry. And today I want you to see that the Apostle Paul, he is very disturbed about something. Chapter 2, verse 1. I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you. And for them in Laodicea, many have not seen my face in the flesh. I am troubled over your church. I hope a preacher could come through and maybe not be here and say, I'm not troubled over North Valley. I know you all have issues, every church does, but I'm so thankful for the testimony of North Valley Baptist Church. And I would hope that would be, that we'd be known as the singing church, as the preaching church, as the soul winning church, as the separated church, as a church that believes the scriptures and that Jesus Christ is all and all we'll ever need. He is all I need, all, all I need. And so Paul, as he writes, he said, I I have some problems with you folks. A great conflict is in my heart. The apostle Paul in chapter one, He's dealing with the groundwork of all that he's going to get to. I, I think I have a bulletin here somewhere. Uh, here it is right here. I don't know if you've seen it, but look at chapter 1. You don't have to pull it out right now if you don't have it. But I left you 29 verses, and all 29 deals with Christ. All 29, uh, his will, his peace, his faith in him, his hope, his word, his inheritance, his deliverance. His translation, I'm skipping over many. His redemption, his forgiveness, his, he's the invisible God. His rule, his headship, his preeminence, his fullness, his reconciliation. And I just skipped over about half of them. That's every verse talking about him, who he is, what Jesus has done for us. It's, it's all about Christ. It's everything about who he is. Not, not all these other things. Well, Colossians, the church at Colossae said, we're doing well. We're in the dye business. We're in the wool business. We're 120 miles from 
Ephesus, which is a seaport town. And, and there we, we, we get our goods there, and they were prosperous. Nineveh was prosperous. Nineveh's up in Iraq. And Colossae's up in Turkey. And these two countries are going to have a great deal to do with the tribulation according to the Word of God. The Tiger Rivers and the Euphrates Rivers come through those, and it comes through Syria. And God's going to dry it up. And the armies of the east are kind of going to come invade. And there is going to be a world war. This is just the prelude. What's happening right now? I think it's a wake-up call. Wake call. Something. And there's going to be a world bloodbath. Isn't it amazing that the UN doesn't believe that Israel ought to defend themselves? Isn't it amazing that we have a president that's telling them you need to stop what's going on? He apparently does not know the Bible. Blessed is a nation that loves Israel. God says, I'll bless the nation that blesses Israel. I'll curse the nation that curses Israel. Hey, uh, Mr. Biden, that's Genesis 12. I hope someone can find you a Bible, sir. And I say it with great respect. No, you cannot govern from our house as a heathen. God blesses the nation who in even leadership reveals that they know God. It's been a long time since we've had a president in that office that knew God. Only hope we have is that churches would get awake and become awake and bring our nation back to God. But uh, 385,000 churches will mostly all be closed tonight. And of course, next week, we can't have church next Sunday night. Because we have to you know, be involved with the Super Bowl. You, you, you other churches, you, don't, don't fault me. You can do what you want. But we're having church next Sunday night. God is more important than a pigskin. May I say here in chapter one, he is laying the groundwork of forgiveness and reconciliation and that how we're complete in him. But in verse 16, he begins to sort of let you know a few things. For by who? Him. I have all the he's and him and uh, 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 underlined he and him in the book of uh, Colossians. And it's overwhelming. The Bible says, by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, the visible and the invisible. Then he begins to say what that means whether they be thrones. A throne is a kingly power or presidential power or a judgeship is what thrones are in the Bible. It's been someone that's been assigned to a strong position of authority over a people, over a nation. And God says he established, he rises up nations and he puts them down. The king's heart, the Bible says in Proverbs, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turneth it whether so. And all these thrones are so big. They're all so important. They're making legislation is basically outside of the word of God. But I want to remind you boys as you meet in your beautiful little air jets that are going around the world, I want to remind you that your throne is in the hand of God. You ever hear Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. who went for seven years out in the fields and eating, the, eating, e eating the, the grass of the field like the animals did? Why? God put him down. Yep. 
You ever hear Solomon? Great, uh, God, God, uh, uh, Solomon's son rejected everything his dad. Yeah, you, you ever hear of these uh, great, great uh, leaders, how that they thought they were in control and they found out they weren't in control at all. 19 kings of Israel all fell. Not one stood for God. Every one of the 19 kings of Israel in the Old Testament did evil. Some kings of Judah did right, but all the kings of Israel did wrong. Why? Because I got to power, I think of Saul. Saul was the king. He was head and shoulders above everyone else. He was so handsome. He was so intelligent. He was a good looking guy. And yet because he did not acknowledge God, God said two chapters later after his kingship, I've rejected thee. I read that and it scares me to death. I don't want God to have to reject my ministry. I want my ministry that God gave me. It's a, it's a throne. And here, then he says, the second word is dominion. Well, what is a dominion? That is one that has, again, judicial or authority over others. God's given you a dominion. You don't use that for yourself. God's given you a company and you lead others. Uh, it's, it's not to govern your people. It's to encourage and to help and secure the blessings of God for your people. Uh, number three, he says not only will there be uh, uh, thrones or dominions, then he uses the word principalities. This is where leadership is demon-possessed. Ephesians chapter 1 deals with this especially in chapter 1, verse 16, in chapter 2, verse 15, chapter 3, verse 10, and in chapter number 6, verse number 12, with demonic power. I've seen demonic power a few times. I've never preached about the illustrations I've seen. I've not talked about it. I'm not going to today. But I'll tell you what, it's all frightening. I, I have read of other preachers that have been a involved where they actually see demonic power. 90 pound little lady picks up a table with one leg by her demonic power. On a few occasions I've witnessed it. Quite frankly, it's frightening to see someone controlled by something that's demonic. Mark chapter 5 I think someone's saying a man possessed by devils. I thought I heard it that this morning. But a man possessed by devils. It's sad when you see someone that's very possessed by devils. That's what the, the, the word sorcery is in the Bible. It is the Greek word pharmakia. You know that if you've been in this church any length of time. And pharmakia is where we get the word pharmacy. And God says in chapter 19 of the book of Revelation, they will not repent of their pharmakia. They're not going to repent for their drugs. And in the last day, drugs are going to be prevalent. And this nation is right now out of control because we're allowing drugs to come in here and it controls people. And then consequently, what do they do? They lay on the streets of our cities. And we do what they do in Mark chapter 5. They would try to care for the man, the maniac of Gadara, as he was there naked and he was there filthy and he was screaming out. And they'd actually chain him sometimes for safety to the, to the markers in the graveyard. He cut himself. 
It's amazing how we allow people to destroy themselves. Why? Because we have a society that says, let that drug traffic come in here. That's what it means to have principalities. You say, well, you're saying God created this? Yes. But he created them as angels. You ever hear of Lucifer, the devil? He was an angel. But even angels have a free will. Man has a free will. And he took one third part of the angels with them, the Bible says, and they became demonic powers. That's why this whole world lies in the hand of the wicked one today. Satan is controlling. He's the prince of the power of the air. And he controls through music. Young man, I led a family to Christ right over here, just blocks away, maybe about a mile away from here, back in 1976. And I led that man and that wife to Christ. And as they got saved, their lives were changed and they became faithful members and Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, workers. He was an usher and great people. They moved away, as far as I know, went on to live for God, wonderful people. But in that same house, a young man, oh, maybe now 15 years ago, he stayed home all day long, did drugs and listened to acid rock music. He got up that night, it's less than a mile from here, And with that demonic power, he saw his aunt with a knife in her hand, slicing cheese and slicing other food. And he began to say, because later he told what happened, a voice was telling him, kill her, kill her, kill her, kill her. And he killed her and killed several others in that home, the same home I'd sat in. They said, what happened to him? He said, here's what happened. Yes, drugs, but I listened to acid rock music all day. And most of it was about killing and murder and slaughter and blood and crimes. And he said, I just felt like some voice was telling me. Yes, there was a voice telling him. And that voice was talking about kill because the Bible says, ye are your father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning. Everything about the devil is death. That's why in the 60s, the, the, the rock and roll crowd, they would get a hearse and they would take pictures at the hearse all dressed in black and they'd go to the cemeteries and take pictures and, and they'd look evil and they'd go with pitchforks. Why? Because they're possessed by demonism. That's principality. In this church, Paul was dealing with, you're starting to nibble with things that are going to destroy you with principalities and with dominions and, 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 uh, and, and uh, uh, verse number 16, and thrones, and then he says, and powers. It's any agency that's over mankind. Any agency that's over mankind. It's a very dangerous thing what happened in covid America, prior to COVID, had never one time shut the church down. Spanish flu that killed 50 million people, the church was never shut down. World War I, World War II, the Great Depression, never the church was shut down in America. We were shut down 472 days. We met on a parking lot. And they're coming out now and saying, well, maybe, maybe we did a lot of that wrong. Well, yes, you did. There should be no law against the house of God. You know what you need when there's a pandemic? You need God's house. 
and said, well, I'm afraid I'm going to get it. Well, then stay home. But I'm going to tell you what, that we preach, I preached behind this pulpit for many months with no one in here but about four men and preaching the Word of God, I believe with the touch of God, but the church should have been filled. You know what you need when there's a pandemic? You know what you need when there's an earthquake? The first time, pastors were not called, but they call the health departments. I'll tell you what, I know a lot more health than they do. Not, not medicine. I don't know that. They know that. But I do know the health of a people depends on the house of God. And if you're in charge of leadership of agencies, and so verse number 17, let's pick it up. And he is before all things, and all things consist, he's the head of the body, the church, that in all things he might have the premise, not a, not a God, not a self-God. And so he begins to deal with how important this is. Why? Because he's going to begin to talk to these people in chapter 2 and 3 and even 4 that, that it's not your God. It's, it's not all these other things. He, it's all about him. He's, he's preeminent. He's preeminent. My preeminent. He's preeminent. He's superior. Not these thrones. These thrones, these governmental leaders need to be under his preeminence. These dominions need to be under his preeminence. These powers need to be under his preeminence. Oh, child of God today, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in the likeness of man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, the Father exalted the Son. That in his name every knee shall bow. Things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. earth, And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He's the master of all. But even as Christians, we get sideways if we're not careful. Today I'm asking you that you would dethrone the God in your life. And I need it as well. I think the God of money... Never chase money. God says about money, it's more blessed to give than to receive. God says about money, labor not to be rich. The, the God's word says, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of he has. Hold the things of this earth loosely. Don't cling on to it. I think our funeral director is out on a call this morning. He's not here. But I understand, and I've said it for years, that when a person, a baby is born, they're, they're doing this. Soon in life, they begin to try to grab for things. And I know the Western says the guy always dies with a gun in his hand. But I've been told that when a person dies, their hand opens because you're not taking it with you. You've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust are corrupt and where thieves break through and steal and destroy. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And the more you have, the more security you have to have. Yeah. 
and the more cameras you have to have and the more dogs you have to have. Because as you have all these things, you've got to protect these things. But these things, one day this whole entire earth is going to burn up. Don't drive your stakes too deep, friend. We're moving in the morning. I wonder, is yours a God of money? Is it a God of position? How important we are. Is the God of power hungry? I'm a power hungry. I'm in charge. Is it pride? And we all have pride. And God said, these six things doth the Lord hate. Yeah, seven are abomination, a proud look. I'm just going to ask you before the invitation, what needs to be dethroned? What God? Is it my self-will? Is it being opinionated? Some folks, God bless you, you're hard to get along with because you're just opinionated about everything. How, how about, this hurts me. The God of wrong friends. God tells you in the pastoral epistles, you withdraw yourself from someone that's a busybody, someone like a gossip, someone that is hurtful. You withdraw yourself and count him as a brother, be nice to him, but don't fellowship with him. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I watch Christians all the time. I'm thinking, you're going to be out of here. Because you can't continue to hang around wrong and do right. Right. Proverbs 2.20 tells us that. Is your your God doctrinal error? Where you you, you have the authority on the scriptures, you're so smart, but but is is your God bitter people? Is your God success? I want to be known. Is your God the God of I'm important? Is your God the God of an unsubmissive heart? God's dealing with the Apostle Paul. He goes, I I have a great conflict for you because you're dethroning God and putting all these other gods in. The God of the success of the wool business, the God of success of cotton, the God of success of the dye, the God of success of government, the God of success where you have your gods all set up and we have statues all over the town to all these different gods and goddesses. I'll close my Bible, give you hope that I'll close her down. You're at a disadvantage this morning because I've had quite a bit of time to think about this in my own life, knowing I'd be in this text. It bothers me how quickly a God, small letter G, can enter into our lives. And it bothers me that, I'm I'm talking about me right now, how God wants those gods dethroned because I'm in the image of God. Our God is holy. Our God is kind. Our God is love, John 3, 16. Our God was a servant. Jesus was a servant to us. And he's still a servant making intercession at the right hand of the Father for us. So for 51 years, I've had the joy of being in the ministry And for almost all those years, 48 of them have had the joy of being your pastor. 
And I'm going to tell you something, child of God. It is the greatest privilege in the world to be your pastor. I look at who you are and what you do and I come out on a rainy day or come out to, and you support everything. So I'm very careful to say this. But in the 50 plus years of ministry, I've seen more people follow their God than follow our God. I've watched it. Jesus said he had a success rate with the grounds 25%. And then he had with those that came back and thanked him one out of 10, he had a 10% success rate. And even with them who held the money was Judas at the table. Sometimes it gets a little wearisome. First with myself. As Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. That's, that's how I feel about me quite often. I'm so disappointed with me so often. So lest you think I'm <laughs> crying out against the people that I love so much. But can I tell you five years from now, if the Lord would tarry, most of you won't go to church. I just know how it works. We get sideways, we get upset, we, we, we have things that get our attention, we have money, we have travel, we have uh, everything in life to imagine to pull us away from the things of God. But in life, I would hope there'd come a point in your life, I believe I'm there in my life. I don't want less of God. If a man lives to be 70, according to the Bible, teach us to number our days, you live 5,000, 25,550 days. I've lived my 25,550 days. I don't have 25,000 days left. I'm quite certain I don't have 10,000 years days left. Whatever numbers I have, my, I've used my days up. I'm all for your vacations. I'm all for us having a vacation. I'm all for it. But on Sunday morning, I don't want to go to a lake. I don't have that many more Sunday, and I hope I have many more. I want to go to church. Amen. I don't want to go to the snow on Sunday. I want to go to God's house. Amen. We might go during the week or something. I don't know. I follow our family. Last year for our 50th anniversary, all of our kids came in, all of our grandkids, and on Monday we left for the snow, and we were there three days. It was one of the greatest, all in one house, and one of the greatest joys of our life being with all those kids and grandkids, 22 of us. Well, I'm not going to go a ski slope, but I could be in God's house. I'm not going to water ski, but I could be at God's house. I'm not going to be laying on the beach. Why? Because I don't want anything to dethrone my God. Yes, take a vacation. Yes, go for two, three weeks, but don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. I don't want an offering plate to pass without me doing something. I don't want my last offering. I, I, I forgot. I forgot to give it. What needs to be dethroned in your life? Because if you don't dethrone it soon, it is going to consume you. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.